go ahead and start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. We are grateful for this time, this retreat, and we're grateful for the words that we're going to savor this morning. Awaken our hearts that we might behold the beautiful things in your law. Open our eyes, for we are blind. Open our ears, for we are deaf. Lift up our hearts that are heavy to know the joy of our salvation in knowing you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So our text this morning will be Psalm 119, and uh, I'm going to have uh, Hattie read all 176 verses. So uh, Hattie, can you read them in Hebrew too? Okay, good, good. Um, but I want to start because uh, as I was trying to decide what, what I'd like to savor for just our start for the day uh, is to have this conversation about our devotions. I, and we'll, we'll kind of get into why in a minute. But let me, let me start with asking, uh, what are some things that you love doing for devotions that you find really helpful? Any volunteers on that? What are some things you love doing as part of your devotions that you really find helpful? Pray. Prayer. Absolutely. It seems obvious, but man, when you're praying and reading, it feels like you grasp more, right? Um, I would say praying the scriptures too, like actually using the scriptures as a as my prayer guide. What else? I like a structured format. Structure. Yeah, having something that kind of guides you through. That way, when you fall asleep, you know, oh, I was on step three, right? Okay. What other What other helpful devotion tips, Julie? Focused portion like this is this is the chunk. This is my this is what I'm going to eat. Out of curiosity, how many people are going through a year through the Bible plan? Few, and that's and started right. Well, and that depends, right? So I've had years right. That's kind of like what you said, Julie. I'm just like I'm in the Book of James, and that's what I'm going to be in for this month because I want to really understand the Book of James. And there's times where I'm like I already forgot what the meaning of Micah was about, so I need to start reading through the Bible in a year, kind of thing. Now I'm gonna let me switch questions now. When you hear the word devotions or think about Bible reading, what emotions come to mind? How do you feel with those words, devotions and Bible reading? Soren? Focus. You feel focus? Yep. It helps kind of center your day. It's the right thing to start with. Zach? Comfort. Comfort. I mean, is there any greater comfort? The words of life right there. What other emotions come to mind when you hear those words? Perspective. Perspective, kind of everything pushed aside, seeing through eternity's eyes. Any of us want to use the word guilt? I was going to say conviction. Say it? Obedience. Obedience, conviction. Um, maybe for some, if we're honest, confusion. I mean, I wasn't really taught how to read my Bible when I became a Christian. It was kind of like assumed I'd figure it out as I go. And a lot of times when someone comes to faith, they just give in a Bible and say, good luck, right? Or Godspeed if we're being, you know, more theological. Um, and something about Bible reading, especially when it's urged from the pulpit or it's an encouragement from a friend, it kind of feels like those instructions we always ignore, like from our dentist, like make sure you floss your teeth every day, right? And then you come up for your next checkup. 
did you floss your teeth every day? No, no, I didn't. Um, but when we read about how the Bible sees itself, and this is what I want us to really cherish through just these verses in Psalm 119, to read the Bible as God's people is breathing. To read the Bible as a Christian is eating and living and growing. It's not optional. And that's not a question of guilt. It's life. It's delight. It's joy. And I think it's not an um, overstatement to say that the most important thing about our eternity is whether or not we pick up the Bible and live it. Whether or not we read the word. And what I love about Psalm 119 is that Psalm 119 is wave upon wave, challenging, expressing, considering the glory of God's word. It has a needed repetition. I think that if we read it and find it monotonous or redundant, we miss the heart of what the psalmist is praising. But in verses 9 through 16, which is all we're going to look at is one small section, we are going to see how we get to that point and that delight. And you can go really to any part of the chapter, but I think these verses encapsulate one of the most important aspects of reading the Bible. And here it is. When we read the Bible, it demands all of us. When we read the Bible, it demands all of us, meaning that in order for us to hear the word of God, it is a holistic worship. It is the oxygen that fuels body and soul. We read it out of joy and worship that we would hear God speak and walk with him and he would make his home with us. But it speaks to every aspect of us. And we're going to hear that in the six points of these few verses of how reading the Bible addresses all of our being. So we're going to look at these verses now. Psalm 119, starting in verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my rules, I declare all the rules of your mouth. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Six aspects of how we read the Bible and how it demands all of us. But the first few verses really set the tone on that desire and delight. Don't miss that. How does a young man, how does any person keep his way pure to the holiness of God, to mirroring his glory, to complete devotion? The answer is always simple, by guarding it, verse 9, according to your word. And we're going to see that in John 17 in our next session, how everything depends on our relationship with the word of God. We are born again by the word. We are kept and guarded by the word. We are secured into eternity by the word. 
And the practicalness is we live God's word. And hence verse 10, with my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. There it is. To read the Bible, to be God's people, it demands all of us whole heart seeking that we would not wander knowing that wandering is to our death. Wandering is to the destruction of faith and what is good. Hence verse 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Hear the intentionality and the focus that I must store up the word. Otherwise, it's inevitable. Do you hear that? I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That is where my heart goes. Let me not wander. We are wayward. We are always going to choose to worship ourselves. To disobey God's truth. If not for the word of God planted, stored in the depths of our being. So, verses 12 through 16, I believe shows this fullness of what it means to read the word. How we follow the Lord with the word as our guardian. Verse 12 begins with the first point, which is to come. To come. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. This might seem obvious, but it is so necessary that for us to hear the word, it needs to come. It is to come with a heart of worship. Hear the way that the psalmist writes, Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. That as we open the pages, we are opening with a heart already declaring God's worthiness. Blessed are you, O Lord. I come in praise. I come in trust. I come in your name. Blessed are you, O Lord. Before any concern of how I'm to be benefited, before all of my questions and burdens, the psalmist teaches us what Jesus already taught us. Our Father in heaven, Holy is your name. Holy is your name before give me today's bread. Is that our heart when we open up the pages? Is that how we come? An intention of worship. And that's why we call it devotions. Devotions is that we would devote ourselves. We would center ourselves. We would remember. We would praise. First and foremost, in humility and thankfulness. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me. Your statutes. And there's the second. First, we come, but second, we come with ready ears. The word must be heard, the, mer- the word must be digested, it must be received. We don't just assume or read a verse once, but we read it with listening ears. And this is where I think a lot of us do struggle with our devotions. We're, we're getting through the verses and the pages to get through our reading plans, but it's not really going much deeper, is it? The volume seems to stop with our eardrums. But for the psalmist, blessed are you, O Lord, teach me, instruct me, wash my heart. I am ready to learn whatever you have to teach me. And even as he prays and pleads for the Lord to teach him, Do we not hear that the heart must be teachable? 
If our hearts are not teachable, if our hearts are not ready to hear whatever God has spoken, we're going to miss it every time. When we come with our own agenda, we're not going to hear God's voice. We'll hear whatever we want to conjure from the text, whatever we want the words and verses to be bent toward our will instead of a heart being bent ready for his will. We come in worship. We come with ready ears, secondly. And now look in verse 13, the next holistic response. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. Thirdly, we thus speak with our lips the word. Sometimes we just look at pages, close the book, and there's our devotions. But for the psalmist, it's not just being taught with our ears, but already speaking in response to sing the truths, to share the truths, to preach the truths to our own heart with my lips. And there's a personal confession to that too. It's not just my pastor said it or my parents teach me. I am going to say it. And there's something powerful too, even with a heavy heart, how much we need the word to be spoken by our own lips. Multiple times in the Psalms, the psalmist speaks to himself, why are you cast down my soul? Hope in the Lord. He's having to speak the word. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. Here, even the emphasis, all. Not some are the ones that I like or the ones that make me feel good. I will speak all of them. These are simple steps of faith. Our lips, our lips, how we speak. We come, we have ears, and we have lips ready to declare God's word. Fourthly, hear the emphasis of the heart. Look at verse 14. In all the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. We've already heard earlier in verses 9 through 11, whole heart, storing it in our heart. The psalmist understands there lies the battlefield of the day and the battlefield of eternity, the heart. And what is the question? Do I delight in God's truth? In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. One of the most important questions we can have when we read the Bible or live it is, do I delight in the Bible? And not just do I delight, but is there anything I delight more in? In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. And then later in verse 16, I will delight in your statues. In our readings, are we letting God's word press into the depths of why we do what we do, what we value, what moves and animates our lives? Are we willing to let it probe and expose us and let it be vulnerable? We are defensive. We are fearful. We are shamed. And thus the word cannot plant if we keep deflecting the truth that would be the very solution to our sin and suffering. And it's a question of delight. And so as you read, we read with a pickaxe and shovel to dig into our heart. Why did I argue with my spouse? Why was I angry with my child? Why am I frustrated with this part of my life? Why am I bitter? Why is complaining constantly coming from my lips? Why am I wasting time on my phone? Get to the heart. If the word never reaches your heart, you won't grow. In the way of your testimonies, I 
delight. Come, ears, lips, heart. Is any wonder now he speaks of our eyes? Fifthly, look at verse 15. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. There's a resolution here of where we will choose to look. There's a decision when we leave our devotions on what we will look to, what we hope in, what we will behold as our comfort and strength. What are we saying we see only? It's an intentional vision. Hear it again. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes. I won't glance. I'm going to fix. This is where I will look and long and live for. And a lot of that comes down to that key word. Verse 15, I will meditate. Meditation is the intentional application, the savoring and cherishing of the word. The word in Hebrew literally means to mumble. It's the speaking under your breath. It's the mindfulness. It's the lingering of God's truth. I think it's encapsulated in that parallel to fix our eyes. Are we fixing our gaze, not just for that 30 minutes, 20 minutes of when we do our Bible reading, but how we thus live for the rest of the day? I appreciate what one Puritan wrote about meditation. He said, without meditation, the truth of God will not stay with us. The heart is hard and the memory slippery. And without meditation, all is lost. Meditation imprints and fastens the truth as a hammer drives a nail to the head. So meditation drives a truth to the heart. Without meditation, the word preached may increase notion, but not affection. Meditation gets to the delight, the question of value and worship, not just information and understanding. And this is why he thus finishes this little section in verse 16. We have seen the call to come, ready ears, lips that'll speak, piercing to the heart, eyes fixed, and then sixthly and last, memory. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. One of the most important decisions we have is not just to read the Bible, but how we take the Bible into our day. How are we leaving from our devotions? Do we know how we will now live? How we are now being shaped? What ways we're going to be different and grow into glory? This is the repetition. This is the I will not forget. There are many practical ways Christians decide whether picking one verse to memorize and that's their verse. They'll speak to themselves. Could be as simple as choosing a truth or passage to text a friend so that you are in some ways holding yourself accountable. Here's my verse. Here's how I'm bringing it into my day. May it bless your day. It could be summarizing things in a way that you can remember. An axiom that when you approach that situation, you already have truth ready to guard your heart, to do the right thing. Application, repetition, sharing is how we cannot forget the word and taking the word into our day. I think as a final point, one of the most um, insightful truths that this text will show us is that whatever you want out of the word is what you'll get. If you want a light reading for a fluffy thought, that's all you're going to get, maybe. But if you want to feast and be equipped and to know God, 
you will never be disappointed when you open the Bible. The Bible demands all of us to read the Bible is a holistic worship. It's our oxygen. And so as the psalmist lays out for us an example, we come, we have ears ready to be teachable. We have lips that will speak in faith. We have a heart that is vulnerable and will dig to the roots of our sin and godliness. We have eyes that will fix on God's ways alone. And we choose a memory to not forget the word, but to live as the psalmist shows day and night, meditating and walking in the way of the Lord in the joy and delight we have of being his people. Let's pray. Lord, I pray even as we hear this charge and feast on the way we read, our hearts would not be discouraged, but we would confess the ways that we have been shallow and selfish. And knowing that as we confess how selfish we are and shallow in the way we read the Bible, you will grow your glory and love in its place. I pray, Lord, for every one of us here and for our church back home who couldn't make it, that we would explore the chasms and the beauties of your word like never before. You would lead us into the depths of your joy and light and truth. And I know we will not be disappointed, for you are beautiful and glorious infinitely. May we just be in awe and behold that we may be more like you, may love you more, and love others with the glory of your truth. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.